and the best in coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. As we prepare for the start of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know who's left playing? The real teams. The Philadelphia Flyers aren't a real team. They were a product of the loser point, a bastard son of the system. They barely finished above 500. The New Jersey Devils aren't a real team. They were just grateful to be in the playoffs and secretly... They were probably grateful when they were eliminated. The Columbus Blue Jackets certainly are not a real team. They've only made the playoffs four times in 18 years and have never won a playoff series. Their coach is a jamoke and their goalie is gutless. All the fake teams are home watching along with the fake players like Taylor Hall, the cheap imitation. The Penguins are a real team. The Caps are a real team. The Lightning are a real team. The Predators, Winnipeg. I admit, I'm not even sure what the heck to call Vegas. What is going on there? So hey, all you pretenders and wannabes, turn on your TVs and check out what you are not. The real teams, the real players, the real men the legitimate brand names. Because all you fakes and phonies, guess what? You just made the list! The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing, can't let a name you can trust. I mean, come on. New Jersey, Columbus, give me a break. If they're legit, I quit. This pirate game, I, I rarely want to detract from my own show, but you've got to turn on the pirate game on AT&T Sportsnet. It, it looks like it's raining. I don't know it's coming down cats and dogs. It looks like it's raining. And there are literally like, I said before, maybe a thousand people in the stands. It looks like maybe a hundred. Now, I know you don't see the full view of the ballpark, and behind the plate's going to be empty because the rich people ain't going to show up when it's raining. They'll just eat that money because they're rich. But when you look down the first baseline and in the right full stands, there's, there's nobody there. It's great to watch. It looks like, I don't know what it looks like. There's a mascot in the crowd. Is Chick-fil-A's mascot a cow? Yeah, the cow that has the sign that says, eat more chicken. And chickens misspell, which is a fine example For our youth. By the way, Toys R Us just closed all their stores, right? There used to be a big complaint because the R in Toys R Us was backwards. And they thought the kids would think that R's should be backwards. And now the kids probably don't know how to spell chicken. But the the mascot from Chick-fil-A, he looks so forlorn. He's in the stands by himself and rain's running off, you know, his ears and his hat. It is just a unique scene. I'm not even really making fun of it. I think you should turn on the TV just to see it because they're playing a Major League Baseball game and, like, nobody is there. And then they're going to play another one tonight, and I don't think a whole lot more people are going to show up for that one either. 
the Pirates, despite being, uh, what are they, two games over 500? I think 12 and 10, yeah. They might be in crisis with the attendance already. It is so far down already this season. I'll get the exact numbers for next segment, how far the attendance is down. Good God in the goose fat. I mean, what will the hillbilly prince do if attendance is like cut in half after April comes and goes? I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll trade Harrison. Because one thing about the hillbilly prince, Bob Nutting, no matter what, he will maintain his profit margin. And he doesn't care if you defecate all over it because that's what's happening now. People not showing up. It, it is a reaction. It's the bad weather. You pirate excuse makers, I'll acknowledge that. But it's a lot of people. I mean, when, when opening day doesn't come close to selling out, that's a negative reaction to all the payroll cutting and destroying a 98-win team in 2015. In 16 and 17, the attendance dropped both years, but a lot of people hung in there because they got told, well, what we're doing, there's a plan. Well, the plan was to get as much of your money as possible. It wasn't to win. It wasn't to rebuild. It wasn't to do anything but maximize profit. And I wonder what they'll do. Let's say I got to I got to look up the average attendance. I'm I'm just guessing here. Is the average attendance like under fifteen thousand a game at this point? I would guess it is, right? What if it's under fifteen thousand a game, like at the end of May? I mean, that's like chicken scratch. What will the reaction be? And what will the reaction of the media be? The stooge media who said all along, oh, these guys know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing. They're stealing money. But the stooge media said, well, they got a plan. Yeah, they do have a plan to steal your money, and it's working. What will the stooge media do when bad attendance really rips this wide open? But for now, just turn on AT&T Sportsnet and enjoy a Major League Baseball game played in front of an empty arena. It's like when Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk fought in the empty arena in Memphis. My eye. I, Lawler, I, my eye. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty eight. Okay. Hockey talk. If you're just tuning in, Gino's out. Who's going to take his place? The answer is not Jesus, nor is it Daniel Sprong. The lines are going to be Hornquist, Sid, and Gensel, same as the Philly series. It looks like Simone is going to slot in with Shane and Kessel. I bet Phil Kessel has long dreamed of playing on a line with Riley Shane and Dominic Simone. And then you got Broussard, Rust, and Sheary staying together. And then the fourth line, which is kind of cobbled together, is Zach Aston Reese, Rowney, and Kuhnhockel, as I've been saying. Mike Sullivan likes Dominic Simone more than I do, and he likes Zach Aston Reese less than I do. How will the Penguins do in this series without Malkin? What do they have to do to hang in there? Who is going to pick up the slack offensively? I think he's going to pick up a lot of the slack, period. You mark my words. I said earlier that Broussard's going to have a good series. But the guy who's going to pick up most of the slack left by Evgeny Malkin being out, because I don't know if he's going to play this series or again this season. Chris Letang. He's not going to score the goals or get the points, but he will elevate his game and erase Ovechkin and make up for the loss of Malkin in totally different ways. You watch. Write it down. You heard it here. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I got to tell you, if I were playing for the Pirates today in front of like 200 people, 
I wouldn't slide. I wouldn't die for a ball. I'm sorry. I'd want witnesses if I'm going to give it 100%. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Are you speaking from the inside of an electric razor? Yeah. Luke, I am your father. The X at 105.9. A big fuss was made because the NHL delayed releasing the uh, second round schedule for the playoffs. And they still haven't really released the second round schedule for the playoffs. For example... The only thing we know here in Pittsburgh is that game one of the series between the Capitals and Penguins is tomorrow night at D.C. We don't know when game two is. Stan Saverin said today on his program, he hears game two is going to be Sunday. If that's the case, the Penguins would come home between games, hopefully with a win in their equipment bags. I was expecting game one to be Saturday, but... I'm glad it's tomorrow night. Let's get this series underway. The bad news is Malkin and Hagelin are both out for game one. Malkin will make the trip to D.C. Hagelin will not. All kinds of crazy rumors are flying around out there about the nature and severity of Malkin's injury, but uh, it, it is weird how the information superhighway closes down come playoff time. In the regular season... I'll get a bunch of calls and texts and direct messages on Twitter about how bad a guy's hurt, what the injury is, how much time he's expected to miss. I know nothing about the Malkin and Hagelin injuries, nothing more than what you do. I do wonder if they could beat Washington if if Geno has to miss the whole series. But I think the longer the series goes, I think the Caps' best bet is to win in five games. To come out and blitz the Penguins. Uh, not not disturb their composure, but just get them on the back foot a little bit. Just, just coming back in every game and coming back in the series. I think if it goes six or seven, the Penguins win it, and that's even without Evgeny Malkin. As I said earlier, I think the Caps are weak on defense. I think they're top-heavy even more so than the Penguins are on defense. Uh, it looks like uh, Chad Ruedel's going to stay in the lineup, and I get that. They they beat the Flyers in six games. Ruedel wasn't great, but he wasn't so bad that they didn't beat the Flyers in six games. Uh, I might play Hunwick, but I understand keeping Ruedel in there. The only thing about Hunwick is if you put him in on the left side in the bottom pair, then Alexiak moves right, and Alexiak's size and strength might match up well against Ovechkin, who plays left wing. That's not to say Ovechkin might not, you know, embarrass him. Alexiak's a bottom pair defenseman who got scratched a lot in Dallas for a reason. I think he's done real well here in Pittsburgh so far, but uh, what I would feel real comfortable with shift after shift, time after time in this series, is Chris Letang matched up against Ovechkin. And I've been talking about that all day. I think that's a matchup Mike Sullivan should look for. Probably won't because Sully's not a matchup type of coach. And his ways worked out real well. That said, Latang did get out there a lot against Ovi two years ago in the playoffs, in that series. And he contained him. Did, didn't shut him down, but contained him pretty well. Latang can stay with Ovi, keep up with Ovi, hit with Ovi, do everything 
with Ovi. So I want to see Chris Letang out there against Ovechkin as much as possible. And especially on the PK. Letang can play a lot. Ovi plays a lot, but so can Letang. I try to match up as much as I can. Whether Sully does, I don't know. I can't criticize him if he doesn't because what Sully does is work pretty well through nine consecutive playoff series. But that Capsty, I mean, Niskanen might be their number two defenseman. Carlson's number one. Okay, keep going. Who's their second best defenseman? Orloff? Orloff was a bottom pair guy for them last year. Is it Orpik? He's 37. Is it Niski? Niski's a solid top four, which I never thought he'd be when he was here. I thought Niski was a career number five. But, boy, he's done real well for Washington, but is he a number two? I don't think so. So I think that's the Caps, Waterloo. That's what they said about Abba. But I want to get the puck behind their better defenseman. Hit him, especially Carlson. Carlson's a dunderhead. Just whack him. He'll lose his temper. Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson worries me, though, because he's out there with Ovi, which means when Tanger and Ovi tangle, Tanger's going to have to tangle with Wilson. And Wilson tries to hurt people. No question about that. Wilson definitely tries to hurt people. You know who we should bring back if somebody gets hurt is Aaron Asham. Remember when Ash knocked Jay Beagle out? Concussed him with a shot and did the go-to-sleep pose with his two hands under one side of his head? Oh, that was rich. You could tell. Even as Ash did it, he was sorry he did it. I'm not sorry he did it. I thought it was great. Let's go to MJ at Oakmont. MJ, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Um, I think that um, obviously special teams are going to be really important with how good both of these teams are in the power play, but you know what, MJ, let me interrupt. I'm not making fun of you, but I think it'll be great when a hockey expert says, well, special teams won't play a factor in this series at all. <laughs> right. I, I think um, a big factor is the Penguins' PK is coming into this series having killed 19 out of 21 against Philadelphia, who have a pretty good power play. If they can have a good kill or two to start off game one, their confidence should just keep rolling right on into this series. Sure. Um, I agree. Um, my, my question ultimately is, how does Ovechkin keep getting open in the left-hand dock? You know like, what? They're talking about it on the NHL Network. I've talked about it with all my guests in the last couple of days, including Mike Rupp today. I don't know. Part of it is they have great puck movement and four other really good players who are threats to score on that power play. For example, if you're going to cover Ovechkin and just leave John Carlson open to rip it, he shoots it pretty good, too. Fair enough. Um, as far as the uh, getting it behind the D, uh, presumably an even strength. Yeah, I'm not talking about that... dumping. I'm talking about like chip and chase. I'm talking about make it a, a race for the puck where they almost start off even, not that long dump from from the red line. Except of course when you're changing. Like look at Brian Rust. He's the ideal chip and chase guy. Skates right at you. The minute you step up, he chips it. He tries to get by you. Do you, do you think that Haglund would be more valuable against this opponent than others? I think Haglund's valuable against every team because he's also an ultimate chip and chase guy. Right. I hate to... Hey, 
If we're going to say that the Penguins can win this series without Malkin, I guess we have to say they can win it without Hagelin, too. Not to say Haggy's useless. He's had a really good playoff, and he is a money player. That guy, boy, second half of the season, he always picks it up. If I were the Penguins, I'd only pay him for the second half of the season. Up next, in studio, the Serbian reactionary from DK Pittsburgh Sports is Dejan Kovacevic, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Yeah, hi, Mark. Hi. First day, I love your show. I just talked to David Lee Roth. He said, somebody get me a doctor. VX at 105.9. Joining me now in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, how come you're not at the Pirates doubleheader? How come you're not there, Mark? That's the better question. I have a radio show. <laughs> well, I have to drive to Washington when I'm done with your radio show. So there. Well, let's let's talk about hockey because people actually show up to watch those games. Uh, we heard a lot about all the young guys in the National Hockey League this year, but they're mostly out the playoffs, and here we are, sit against Ovi. Isn't it funny how that works? And don't forget Evgeny Malkin in there, too. I know he's not playing in Game 1, but when we talk about generational talents, that term can sometimes get a little bit uh, overused or distorted. But it's amazing now, Mark, in hindsight, that in those two years that those three players all came into the league at the same time and they're still at or near the top of their profession, at the top of the league. And yeah, I know you're referring to Connor McDavid, obviously. Well, all of them. Yeah. I mean, they're all out. Connor McDavid didn't make it. Taylor Hall's out. Nathan McKinnon's out. I'm not saying they were bad players, but where are they now? Now, I mean, in McDavid's case, I think he's going to. He's going to have his Lemieux time that he's got to deal with in Edmonton. He's obviously all that. Um, And I'm not going to hold against him like some Canadian writers did. Well, the Oilers would lose a game 6-3 to in March, and he had three points, and they'd be like, yeah, but they're three meaningless points. So what did you want him to do, get no points? Yeah, but he's not MVP. He's not MVP. He's the leading scorer, but he's not MVP. He he did not make my ballot uh, of any of the five selections that we uh, we were asked to make. He didn't make mine. What do you mean five selections? Well, they they ask you to number them one through five on your heart. Oh, really? I thought it was ballot. one through three. No, one through five. David didn't even make your top five. Did not make my top five. Well, I agree, but but I, I doubt that many people look at the criteria, off. Mark. You know that totally. I, I know, but you know you know what my fear is hmm. that he gets like every third place vote because he was the leading scorer. Mm-mm. You know what's and, funny? And he, and he wins or, or makes the finals because of that. You know what's funny is later on the ballot, uh, the same in the same process of picking, they ask you to take your NHL first All Star team, and they they do it by position. And he was my center, but he couldn't be my Hart Trophy guy because he's not most valuable to his team because his team stunk. What will the Capitals do to try and contain Sidney Crosby? I think you're going to see Matt Niskanen all over him, or at least attempt to be all over Why him. Why Matt Niskanen? Because Matt Niskanen has been the guy that Barry Trotz has used as his matchup guy. He had Niskanen on Artemi Panarin in the Columbus series, and at even strength, at even strength, uh, he did quite well against Panarin, not so much in the power play situations. So Niskanen is his guy. Um, I think at this point, the Capitals and, of course, Pittsburghers themselves will know that Niskanen has... No friends when it comes to this sort of thing, as we remember him cross-checking Crosby in the mouth. Well, yeah, but, but but when he was here, he played, well, Eddie Johnston had a term to describe how he played here in Pittsburgh, and I can't repeat it, but he was kind of soft here in he, Pittsburgh. He I was. I, I had one of the Penguins tell me the other day that 
they cannot believe the transformation. And they meant this in a positive sense in Niskanen's game. And it was somebody who was a, 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 a somebody who's currently a defenseman on the Penguins. Uh, that how much he's changed, how much he's gotten better, more solid in his own end. And you remember when he came to the Penguins, yeah, he he had some softness about him. He also was just all over the place. He was, you know, an, an no, offensive I, I, guy. I never thought he could be a top four, but he's mm. a legitimate top four in Washington. He absolutely is. What will the Penguins do to try and contain Ovechkin? Now, Sullivan isn't normally a matchup coach per se, but I'd play Latang against Ovi. I would actively look for that matchup because – Schultz and Ruedel just don't have the, the the size and strength to compete. Yeah, they don't, and and I'm not sure that they have. Yeah, strength is the is the the key word there. I think people underestimate how strong Chris Letang is. Very strong. Yeah, that, you put him in a board situation or a corner. Um, I'm not saying he's going to bowl over Ovechkin, but he's not going to get bowled over the other way. Um, I think the bigger priority for the Penguins isn't so much Ovechkin five on five. It's going to be the power play aspect of it. Um, obviously, I'm not breaking any big news with that statement, but what Mike Sullivan and the penalty killers, uh, and I talked to a lot of the PK guys about this in the past couple of days, they want to make sure that he doesn't get the puck. It's not so much about making sure that Tom Kuhnhackle lines up in front of him and eats the pucks. It's a matter of cutting off the passes. They feel like they did that pretty well in the series last year. What I feel like the Penguins did really well in the series last year was have Marc-Andre Fleury in net when they were shorthanded because Fleury's so spectacular on those east-west uh, plays. That's all Washington does. It's back and forth through the slot. Why is Gensel so productive in the playoffs? 19 goals in 31 career playoff games. He ranks fifth all-time, uh, just below Rocket Richard, just above Wayne Gretzky. It's amazing. It really is. Uh, well, how do you it, figure? It, you and know, can it continue? Well, no, of course not. I mean, he can't. He, you sure? He can't keep up. 31 it. games is, is not the biggest sample, not, but it's not tiny either. No, it, it's not, and I'm not taking any credit away. I, the pace at which he's been scoring, you know, remember that last year, too, in the around the time of the conference final, we were wondering about him as he, you know, because he went into one of his slumps where you don't notice him, and that's usually when he's not going to the front of the net. Uh, even for a little guy, that's where he has to be to score most of his goals. Uh, his ability to embrace the the big moments, the challenges. Mark, he's not nervous. He wasn't nervous in Nashville during the final. He just wasn't. Um, he he enjoyed it. Remember, I think one of the biggest and most underappreciated goals of these past two Stanley Cups was the one he put past Rene after the Penguins went 38 minutes without a shot. Right. I, I, no one talks about that. Came storming down the right wing and just gunned it. Just he he had uh, I think it was Ellis no, lined he, up he, as a screen. He, he's a good finisher. I yeah. think I think he had a touch of the sophomore jinx during the regular season, uh, not because of bad play, just because of fatigue. But he's clearly finding a second win right now. Yeah, he needs to. You know, one thing that I like about Washington having developed a more mobile defense compared to what they had last year when they had Carl Alsner and a couple other big bodies that aren't there anymore is that there's less of a chance that you're going to see guys like Gensel and Sherry and Rust get knocked around. You know well, what I mean? And, and they'll catch uh, they'll catch the Caps defensemen, this year's versions, up ice. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the ones that they've added uh, are, are really attack-first guys. And now Dmitry Orlov, who's become a pretty good hockey player, by the way, uh, more so in the past year than he was before. He's better than he was. I'll give him that. Yes. Uh, those guys come up. They pinch. They'll be aggressive, and they will give up two-on-ones. 
And in their own end, this is something I'm really interested in seeing tomorrow night, Mark. In their own end, the Capitals are still doing that Barry Trotz packing it in around the net and inside the box. You saw the Columbus game, game six Monday night. The Blue Jackets spent the last 10 minutes just basically circling those guys. So I think the Penguins can take advantage of that as well. Uh, what's the state of each team's goaltending? You know, I, I have no issues with Matt Murray. I know everybody remembers the last bad thing they saw. Uh, I look at his series overall against Philadelphia, and I think he's in a good place. I don't think he's going to be bothered by Game I, I, 6. I thought he played okay against Philadelphia, but I think he mm-hmm. needs to take it up a notch in this series, and I have no reason to believe he won't. Games 3 and 4 uh, in Philly were prime Matt Murray. Yeah, he uh, played really well. He was really on his game. The Flyers came storming. He played a half third period in Game 6 after, after... The only thing I really had a complaint with in Game 6 was the Latin goal. Yeah. I mean, that was a jump shot from the three-point on. Yeah, he, well, plus that guy is not the guy you should be letting score that goal. Right. So, or, or any goals. Yeah, right. So uh, the other guy, I mean, you've seen the numbers. I mean, there's there's nowhere to hide from that. He's a 932 save percentage overall in the playoffs, 908 against the Penguins. He's 5-8 and eight against them all time in postseason games. And well, we see well, that. With Holtby, you can find stats yeah. to, to support that he's going to play well yeah. and find stats to support that he won't. But the most recent sample is he played really well in the Columbus series. He played well in the in the yeah, in the four games that he that he played, but over the course of the regular season, Mark, he wasn't good. Grubauer was much better over the yeah, course of the season. Yeah, but now maybe he's the underdog. Now maybe there's less expectations. Maybe he can just go out there and play. And the first forty five foot unscreened wrist shot that beats him. This whole conversation is null. Unless it doesn't. I'm just saying. You know, I think there's a really... He also played... I think we forget this. He also played one really good game against the Penguins last year in the playoffs. It just ended up not mattering. We're talking today, Zunkovacevic. He's brought to you by the Walnut Grill. How will the Penguins cope without Malkin and Haglin? Uh, who picks up the slack and how? Do they adjust their style at all? I, I know they won't because they never do. No, they will not. Um, I will say that the, the, the picking up of the slack has to come from not necessarily the guys who are directly filling their roles, but people who are affected by that. So in well, other that's words, right, Derek Broussard. I would say, yeah, Derek Broussard and his line have to compensate for that because the Penguins' third line, if you want to call it that at this point, is far superior to Washington's third line of Lars Eller. and Washington has really four good forwards. That's no kidding. They have four good forwards. They have five. One of them's hurt. Andre Burakovsky's hurt. Right. And he's not going to play. They have four available. For so game yeah, one. they have four. They have four that are playing. Um, so I think five. Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Oshie. That's their four good forwards. Yeah, it drops I, off I'm a not, cliff after I, that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue that. Although Lars Eller has played really well against Pittsburgh for reasons I haven't fully and understood. Actually, had a decent series against Columbus as well. And so I, I will say that that your third line can make that depth difference then you kind of begin to negate not having Malkin and Hagelin up there on that second line. But the Shane and Kessel combo, and let's not pretend that it isn't a combo at this point, What those, the way those two guys seem to play together, if they together can make a salvageable, if not a quality second line, now you're making up for Malkin and Hagelin being yeah, that, out. Yeah, that's a little bit of a pipe dream. I mean, Riley Shane, Evgeny Malkin, come on. 
No, no, no. I'm again, you're going. You're the one that's going head to head. I'm saying that Cheyenne can maybe bring out something good out of Kessel, and Kessel can make up something of the difference. Uh, let's hope. And I think Chris Letang, even though he's a defenseman, mm-hmm. I think just the way he plays, if he can, if he can reach his top level. That'll influence the games as much as Evgeny Malkin uh, did. Won't argue that. What did you think of Ole Matta's play? Great. So did I. I'm so I, glad I, you think that. I thought the top four for Pittsburgh in that first round were brilliant. I thought Matta in I game... I thought Dumoulin was brilliant, too. Dumoulin was really good. I thought Matta in game six was about as uh, solid in his decision-making and his aggressiveness and at the same time his smarts with the puck as I'd ever seen him. And, again, if you can do that to Washington... look. This series is pretty simple. If you play in Washington's end, you win the series. I, I really don't think it's much. I know that's easy to say. Well, of course, duh, pe- possession metrics and everything else. But the Penguins, if they get trapped in their own end, and if the Capitals can do some of that old-school Washington cycling and they're banging down low, then the Penguins, especially uh, Ruedel, I think, are going to get exposed. If they move to the other end of the rink, none of that stuff matters. Would you dress Hunwick? I would. Of no, 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 no. But you saw him play. Come on. Okay, let me tell you. I, Go I, ahead. I thought Ruida was rotten in the Philly series. He was rotten, especially in, in game. Six. He was rotten in the last game. I don't agree okay. over the course uh, of the whole series. And if you put Hunwick in at the left side, you mm-hmm. move, you move Alexiak to the right side. I think it's stand a better chance against the Ovechkin than Ruida. And I will counter that with two simple words: penalty killing, because you can't have Hunwick penalty kill. And 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 Rue Weedle's a PK guy. And all and look legitimate point. Washington was nine of twenty seven in that first round. They won that series because of their power well, play. Well the Penn's PK against Philly was nineteen to twenty one. It was really good. A lot lot because of Mr. Sheehan. Why is Ovechkin always open in the left circle? You know what? I, I think because teams have realized that you know, you look at the power play goal that he scored against the Blue Jackets. Alex Wenberg, I know he's one of your favorites. He goes over. Oh, he's, he's a decent player. He's a decent player. He's their only center. He's a, no, no, uh, Dubois. He goes over. He's, and Wenberg's the third Dubois's line Dubois is getting good. But we digress. He uh, he makes his way over there, and he kind of does this like half-hearted going down to one knee. Oh, the Olay. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, gee, sorry, Sergey. I gave it a shot, man. Well, it goes. It, it blows past Sergey's shoulder. Uh, the Penguins don't want to reach that point. They want to cut the passes off before they get to him. So I think you're going to see Ovechkin left open. And one of these days, he's going to score a goal, and you're going to hear from the same people who ask, why didn't the Steelers double-cover Gronk? You know? Why didn't they double-cover I don't Gronk? know. They should have. They should have at least had Bud well, Dupree no, no, chip my, him at the my, line. My, my point is, though, about <laughs> Ovi in that circle is, I've talked about this for days. Yeah. There's no tactic to, to implement to, to stop that. The only thing I could think of is, that you would man up on Ovi and, and let the other p- guys play four on you three. You four on three. That- but, but what Ovi does then is he skates to the net and pulls that guy with him, and then the Capitals own every place but the blue That's paint. That's it. And actually, and, and the blue paint is clocked, yep. which ain't necessarily good. And the Penguins, I asked Kuhnhackle about this, and he pointed out, he said, I think a lot of people underappreciate Nicholas Backstrom's ability to shoot a one-timer. He's a great passer, and we all know him for that. But he also can really let it go well, from the, the opposite they're the, circle. They're the kings of the one timer. They got Carlson. They got Backstrom. And they got Ovi, who are just brilliant on the one timer. And then he mentioned Carlson. And even when Niskanen's out there, Niskanen can really gun it, uh, including off the one timer. So they have other options. Plus, remember this too: when Ovechkin scored his uh, his other goal Monday night, he was down in front of the net. To what you're saying, where they they saw something that Columbus was doing, and they're like, "Look, we're not just going to let." And now. 
Now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. Ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX and ask the super genius anything you like about anything you want. That's 412-333-WXDX. It's brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and tapas, so check out Chapino in the strip. By the way, the Pirates are currently averaging 13700 per game. That doesn't include today's uh, disaster. If you extrapolate that over 81 home games, they'll be averaging $1.1 million after averaging $1.9 last year, $2.2 the year before that, and $2.5 the year before that. Now, you might say, well, the weather's going to get better and it's going to go up. What if it doesn't? And what if it only goes up where they average, I don't know, whatever gets them to 1.5 million a year? So it would have dropped a million since 2015. That would not be good, and there would be consequences. Let's go to Dan in D.C. Dan, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up? Uh, which which away Penguins venue do you think has uh, the most Penguin fans? Oh, Washington, for sure. Yeah, I'm a More fan fans travel here. to D.C. than anywhere else, for sure. Uh, well, the thing that's interesting is everyone talks about them traveling. It's, it's more people that are just here. There's not many people traveling. In D.C.? It. Correct. Penguins fans. What are they doing there? I think a lot travel, too. I think you're underestimating that number. Uh, people from Pittsburgh, like me, who moved down here. Okay, well, um, good. I hope they stay but, down there because but one thing getting a bit crowded uh, up here. They're giving they're giving away literally a hundred tickets on one radio station for every game. So I don't see any way for them to not have what station? What station is that? Uh, it's Elliot in the Morning Show. They're giving away a hundred tickets before every game. You what number do I have to radio. call and what number caller do I have to be? <laughs> you don't. You just show up at their station. Oh, okay. Well, tell them I'll see him. Sometime. Let's go to Tim in South Hills. Tim, ask Mark anything. Double N, love you, buddy. Best on the radio, thanks. Thank you. You're right. What's your definition of rich? See, that that's a good question. Because i got to be honest, I'm not, like, traditionally rich. You know what I mean? But it's I don't have... Net worth. It's got to be net worth, not income. So give me a number. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like a million? I don't know. Probably more than that in these days. But, like, let me tell you why I think I'm rich. I have no debt. I have a ton of money in the bank and property and all that stuff. I don't think I could possibly spend what I have before I die unless I have some kind of health disaster, which I'm certainly not dismissing. I understand. You talk about rich. I want to get your definition. I have one more question. What Actually, by the definition happened? I would normally apply, I'm not rich. Uh, that's fair. Why don't you like Bruno? What specifically happened? No comment. No comment. Thank you, though. You asked, but I don't have to answer. Let's go to Matt in the car. Matt, you're on with Double M. Ask Mark anything. Yeah, Mark. Hey, you know, the majority of the time that Ovi takes that slap shot, a defender will come out, and he'll use them as a screen. Would it be... A, a better policy to maybe stay back a little bit? No. Let him take the shot. Let no. Him no. 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 Got to try to block it. Got to try to at least, like, 
if, if you didn't approach him when he shot, he would have so much more accuracy. You know, just, just no, you got to try to go out after him. All right, thank you. Let's go to Shafe in the car. Shafe, ask Mark anything. Hey, Super Genius. Uh, I tried to plan my weekend out here, and uh, I was wondering if you could uh, uh, let me know what day and time. I, 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 I can't let you know. Why would I Why would I be able to let you know when nobody knows? If you heard any rumors or... Stan Saverin or... heard game two is going to be Sunday. All right. Sounds good. Make your plans, even though you have no idea what's going to happen. I'm going to head down to PNC Park to watch game two. Just kidding. Good talk. See you out there. 105.90X.